Hey, look, we finna take this truth. Man, we finna roll it. We gonna light it up. We gonna take a depot in hell. And we just gonna encourage everybody to do the same. How about that? That noise means. <laughs> yeah, once again, we back. It's the J-Match Show. Appreciate everybody tuning in. This is show 13. We done made it 13. I was about to say 13 weeks, but I actually pre-recorded a couple episodes. But um, that's neither here nor there. So, I'm pumped. Assembled a little panel for this show. Hope y'all can appreciate it. And came up with a nice little subject. Nice little topic of discussion. We're going to dive a little bit deep, as we tend to do on the J-Mass show. And we're going to have it. We're going to have at it. I mean, I'm excited. Before we uh, get into the shits, this episode, look, I got me a... Is y'all ready for profit? What up? Guess what? What up? This week's episode of the J Matt Show is brought to you by. <laughs> hey, no, for real though. So we got a little uh, sponsored ad, man. J Matt Epic Show is brought to Rib Cage Smokehouse Bar and Grill, located at 2214 Lee Road, Cleveland Heights, Ohio, 44118. And they actually got a new location, their newest location just opened up. 1834 West 25th Street, Cleveland, Ohio, 44113. That is, again, the Rib Cage Smokehouse Bar and Grill. Kitchen open till 2 a.m., man. How about Sounds you? like good eating. Hey, look, the slogan is, the sauce is boss, but the... I don't even want to... But the meat got it. <laughs> I should have paused before and after. <laughs> All right, so we got the, we got this week's sponsor ad out the way. So look, I got my panel. I got the prophet, of course, joining in. What up? I got my homeboy Terry Howe checking in. What's going on, Jay? What's up? What's, What's happening? happening? And. We waiting on one more to join. Hopefully, hopefully they join in. But here's the thing. Probably, What's up, man? You be you sent me a text, and the text went something like this. What's up with these black businesses and, and, and they etiquette? And I was like, you know what? That's a real good question. I don't really have an answer to it. But I think we should talk about it anyway. Now, it's funny, though, because I'm not sure if y'all are aware of it. And for all the listeners out there, welcome again, J Matt Show. Appreciate everybody out there in podcast land tuning in. But we located here in Cleveland, Ohio. And here in Cleveland, Ohio, it's a young man or a gentleman by, by the name of Larice Purnell who kicked off. Um, a movement, I was actually, it's more like a movement because I think this is the fifth annual um, Real Black Friday, as he coins it. The Real Black Friday. Y'all heard about it? Y'all aware of no, it? No, I ain't here. Nah, yeah, I, I actually attended one uh, last year. I attended one, where was that? I, I believe it was at the Word Church. So, yeah, I'm from, 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so for uh, everybody out there that's unfamiliar, it's a great, great, great movement. Um, I do believe this Sunday, August 12th, from 3 to 8 p.m., is going to be the fifth annual The Real Black Friday event. It's going to be located at Public Square. And I think it's a it's pretty cool because it, and it actually ties into the subject. We're going to work it in some kind of way, but I, feel, I thought I would talk that out here because it's it was created to bring awareness and exposure to black businesses. And I'm not making this up. I, this is off the website. I, I just, I'm not making all this shit up right now. I'm not I was about to say, I was about to say, man, you just sound like you smart, man. No, nah, man, I'm smart, but not that smart, man. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> hey, we need to get like some of those sound makers that you can like press on a nigga when they fuck, when there's some bullshit going on. I, I told you, I'm gonna get my soundboard popping, man. I'm getting my soundboard. And we're gonna be in there because you I'm not giving you control of the sound effects though. I don't I hope you Yes we are, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Back on because I wanna get this out here. Uh, and so he creates this this to create awareness, bring exposure to like black uh, in Northeast Ohio. Um, he says that the purpose is to inform the community about how many black businesses area, what type of businesses they are, and then just encourage everybody out there to support as consumers of the businesses. And then, of course, he has a lot of uh, information because um, I think he got like his uh, MBA. Um, he's a real smart dude. Wrote some books. Got some So he got some stats out there on the web. Some has heard this stat, which is that um, out of most of the ethnic minority groups, um, the black dollar only stays in our for like six hours, as like compared to other groups where it's like weeks to months. Uh-huh. With all that being said, we're gonna talk about black business etiquette. Now, I want to throw it out to Terry. Now, Terry, you on here because you had a special experience, man. I call it special because I want to be in your shoes one day, man. I want to own a bar. I want to own a lounge. Man, man. man that's now, a headache, man. You're doing the right thing by standing up being a consumer. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing the right thing by being a consumer, man. But how does one be like you when they grow up, man? Tell us about your experience just in that, in that uh, aspect of the game, being a black business owner. I mean, you know, it's like anything we do. We got a we got a target on our head. Everybody wanted these great expectations when you're dealing with black businesses, especially from our own community. Um, but the hard part about it is you have to actually change the mindset of your employees. That's the first thing: changing the mindset of our employees to actually think like this is actually an actual business, right? Because uh, most of the time when they working for black businesses we got this perception where it's, it's not like a actual job when it actually is. And it's all, it all starts with the head of the snake. As long as the head of the snake is running their shit the right way, everything else is going to run smoothly. Uh, but you still have those employees that don't treat it like employment. You get what I'm saying? Just because right. it's a black business per se. And that's where a lot of the flack 
comes from where you you might go into these black businesses and nine times out of ten it's not the sole proprietor that's the issue it's the employees um you know the sole proprietor may be now there now, on a daily basis where do you think that that comes from because that we was just talking not too long ago um aspect of it and i kind of throw in like man maybe it's because they really don't employ no type of business plan because because siri just hit on it it starts at the head of the snake so i told you i'm like man i think part of the problem is not enough planning goes into making these businesses come to fruition people just really want to be like i'm gonna stop the it's like it's like it's sort of like that whole theory you know like if you go to, if you like the thought, like if you buy Pepsi, you know it's going, what it's going to taste like, you know what the experience is going to be like and everything. And, you know, depending on who you are, if you go to a black business, it's like you can have 50 different experiences. You know what I'm saying? Because there's no, there's no structure to the business and how it's ran. You know and what I'm saying? Structure is the key. Structure is the key to anything, though. It's, it's like a house, you know? You don't have right, right. In a house. So, so, Let's pause for a second and welcome our last late ass panelist. <laughs> Hello, everyone. In the building. What's going on, Sabrina? What's going on with y'all? Hey, who's doing dishes? Who doing dishes? I'm calling you out. Who doing dishes? Man, hey, my fault. I just walked in the house, bro. From a long day of football practice, man. <laughs> hey. Hey, hey, I got you though. <laughs> Profit. What up? Hey, I'm no longer ignoring that shit. I'm calling them motherfuckers out from now on. Nigga. I like to see that, man. I like to see that, man. I press the button on them, man. Shit. Hey, I'm just, we live, I, man. We live. Hey, what's, what's I'm just going to cover the mic up every time you hear a dish or something, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, Sabrina, say what's up. And uh, I want you to jump in if you joined and heard. Um, the last kind of uh, commentary. I want you to jump in on that too. Okay, what's going on, everybody? I do. I agree. I'm not sure who was talking at the time, but I totally agree with what they were saying. It's just that you have to implement more training strategies and things like that. And I do think that when it comes to especially our black businesses and stuff, you know, we quick to just hire anybody and we just tell them to just go. You gotta, it's so many um, elements to it. And you have to be willing to take the time to let these people know, you know, it's basic customer service skills. I mean, just how to talk to people, etiquette, you know, putting those phones down when people walk in or, you know, we just have to get better with that. And I feel like a lot of times we just think it's about we look at the bottom line about the money that's being made. But we don't look at everything that goes in between that to maintain the business. And, you know, absolutely. Business. But. Just to interject, like I think, I think like when we're looking at back business, I think we we looking at just like um, the employment, like the like where you're employed. I'm even talking about the sole proprietorship of barbers and hairstylists, braiders. You know, like there's a lot of unprofessionalism um, that goes across the board. You know, like you got some of these prima donna ass barbers that you know, like they'll have you sitting in a shop for an hour after your appointment. But then if you late for your appointment, they want to take a deposit from you or some shit. You know what I'm saying? Right. So Right. That's so true, though. In, in all facets of business, it, I mean, no matter what you're doing, barber, beautician, nail tech, 
if your your level of professionalism at that point is gonna exhibit on your on to your clientele, and they gonna do the and, same thing, they gonna treat your business just how you treat your business. Same way. And, and and the bad part about it is, is that like you know like the some like something that I, me and Jay was talking about is that I think that black businesses struggle to to maintain a customer base because people feel like they get treated bad at these businesses, right? So. You go into this business and you're spending your money, and then like at some point, you know, you you might like a try to make you feel like they doing you a service by letting you spend your money with them. Right. And unfortunately, that is the mindset. And I mean, me being a female, it, it, I kind of like steer away from like shops with a whole lot going on and stuff like that because you get this whole clicky feeling this whole you know you don't even feel welcome by the person you know what i mean right you want a chair you may want to have a little bit of small talk or something like that but it's just the whole vibe is just like totally off and i've felt that in several different places so so here here's another here's here's how i want to um i kind of want to bring it back to and y'all know i like to break stuff down to like a real basic level to get more understanding of what motivation is because if we let's 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 think about this when we talking because we're talking about um, or Sabrina, you missed it. I was talking about how uh, Larice Purnell has his uh, fifth annual The Real Black Friday event coming up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, his event is all about creating awareness and bringing exposure to black businesses in the, in the area for a couple of reasons so that you know that they're there, you know what, what type of businesses black people are involved in and then go out there and support. Mm -hmm. So here's my thing. When we're talking about keeping black business in the, in the community and thriving business, what it takes, what do you think the motivation is for uh, a lot of black people to go into business? And if they're motivated, and do you think their motivation has anything to do with their lack of preparation with how they train their employees? That was a loaded question. You know how I do. <laughs> no, I actually do it. I mean, just from what you're saying, like the the everybody motivation is the the money. But sometimes when you go in and you only think only thing you think about is the money, you already going into it wrong anyway. You lost the game right there. Exactly. If, if money is your focal point, you lost the game right there. You you, you got to go into the game understanding what service you providing for these individuals? How can you go, how you going to keep these people coming back more, more than just the first time. So it has to be, it has to be a level of passion there as well. Yeah, yeah it's, it gotta be a passion with anything you do. And I'm glad you said that about, you know, uh, knowing what your purpose is or what your, for one, what your product is, because I feel like I always think about this too. You know, when people open up these restaurants, Quit having 90 things on your menu. And then when people come in the second time, everything crossed off. Stick to burgers, <laughs> fries, or wing dings, or whatever your specialty is going to be. And then maybe expand from there. But that's enough to lose people right there. You know, they come in thinking mm -hmm. they bring their whole crew back. Oh, yeah, he has some good hoagie dogs or whatever it is. And then you come back and they out of stock. You know, stop biting off more than you can chew. You know, stay in your line. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's what it boiled down to. Stay in your lane. Perfect right. one thing. Stop trying to be a jack of trades of all so many and just become a master of one thing. You know? Mm -hmm. And that's where a lot I do agree with that, Sabrina. Thank you. <laughs> now though he, he texted me flat out. He said black business sucks. Uh -oh. I mean, you can't you can't really say black business sucks. It's 
each experience is different. Like I think uh I think Prophet was saying every time when you go to one of these restaurants, let's just say hypothetical, you go to Red Lobster, you go to those that like McDonald's, you go to these restaurants, your stuff gonna taste the same every time you go into the place. No matter where you at, no matter if you in Akron, if you in Cleveland, if you in Cincinnati, it's gonna taste the same. So you should get that same service no matter where you at, no matter who's in there, especially within our businesses, our turnover rate is so high. So you are constantly bringing in new people, bringing in new cooks, bringing in new stylists, bringing in this and that. And there's no consistency. And that's what that's the downfall of a lot of our businesses. The consistency is not there. And, you know, another thing is I feel like once we black people go into business, they don't nurse their business long enough. You need to be there and be hands on. You can't just say, OK, I opened the business. I'm going to bring such and such and so and so in to run it. It's not their vision. So they're not going to run it how you expect to run it or should be running it. You know what I mean? So you got to be hands on. You got to be there from uh, the crack of dawn to the, you know, sun go down. And that's that's one thing I will respect about Be Hill. Brandon is, and you know, the, the rib cages because he's there. He might like go home and take a nap for a couple hours, and he back at he's back there. Mm-hmm. Like he he's it's, and that whole their whole family is super passionate about what their product is, and I think I think that's actually um, overstated. Is is some some people will put so much into the into the product uh, or the, or what they could get from the product where they're not really thinking about the customer service aspect of the business and how they're going to have longevity and keep people coming back. Yeah. Now in the bar, in the bar scene, um, Terry, and then I'm going to ask you a couple of questions to bring about your, because you got a different type of angle on it, but how, what's, what's, how much stress is it trying to get people to, to, um, patronize your business on a regular basis like being an owner at a bar i mean my experience may be different than everybody else's experience because my experience i always wanted somebody i always played on my customers i always was that's one thing about my business i was always there i was always trying to exhibit excellent customer service and i wanted my staff to see how i interacted and handled certain situations so they can see like Okay, if this is how he's handling it, I'm gonna mirror him. You know what I'm saying? So it's right, but, right. but the consistency, the the hard part about it though would be it's a saturated. It was a saturated market, so everybody's selling the same thing. You you get what I'm saying? Exactly. You got the same yeah, music, yeah. you got the same food, you got the same drinks. What's gonna make my your your experience different coming in my bar than it is going in somebody else's bar? So that's where I had to separate okay if we all selling the same stuff it boiled down to me you know what i mean it boiled down to the heads of the snakes and that's where i made my effort at coming on my a game no matter if i was sick no matter if i was tired i always had to go and exhibit a level of professionalism or even entertainment just being in that business you got to entertain so that's where i try to separate myself from the other ones in that business per se because we was all selling the same stuff. You know what I mean? Jay, I heard you coming for me, but I got disconnected. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was about to 
I was about to come for you in a bad way, but I wanted I wanted you because I want your take on um, how you feel your view on the customer because you're you you work as a, a should I say waitress or server? cocktail server yep cocktail, cocktail server mm-hmm. now I ain't been down there to see you working or nothing but do you be having <laughs> to the skin here and there uh hello can you hear me I, okay go ahead I hear you now I, I think you was just trying to avoid my question, but I just want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you be having to show a little butt cheek here right now? You gotta toot it up a little bit, you know. You gotta toot it and booty. You gotta um. <laughs> Do you be having to wear the boost? Yeah, you like prop the girls up and yeah, shit, stick dollars in between. <laughs> no, we so, we have our sports so, and our little corset on. Yep. <laughs> tell me, is there a difference between the black patrons that you? Uh, service and the ones of let's just say other ethnicities <laughs> unfortunately i hate to say it but yes um, speak on it please i mean when especially when it comes down to the tipping they just i feel like i feel like and i hate to say it but especially our black men our young black men some old too but they just missed the mark on that and it's like what you they just lack etiquette um, they, and they the main ones they ask for everything under the sun. I mean, I'm talking about they want pineapple juice with whipped cream on top with a cherry on top. But somebody would go all out and do that for you, and you don't even give them a dollar. Now, in my setting, because I work in a casino setting, our um non-alcohol beverages are free. So you know you're getting a free drink. You know what I mean? And they fail to realize, you know, that dollar for us goes a long way because we work in that floor. We work in them tables, work in them slots, and we carrying them drinks out. And so um, it ain't like you just walked up to us. We walking to you, asking you, you know, what can we get for you or whatever. But there is a difference. Um, it's just it's just the etiquette. It's just the tipping, the the what they expect from you based off what they're giving. You know what I mean? It's a difference. Well, that's pretty unfortunate that now I mean you was so you confident in saying that's pretty consistent across the board yeah that's pretty consistent and I will say this again because it's a casino setting obviously there's different levels of playing you may have your penny section you may have your quarter section and so right. it's like you know based on the section you're working in you kind of know what you're going to make because the caliber of people playing in different sections you know kind of kind of make up what what your day gonna be like and the sad part about the service industry being on the opposite end people don't understand if you take care of your server they gonna take care of you exactly it's, it's just like, how the game go why would i keep running over i mean and not to say that you're gonna get ignored because you can't just do that you know but <laughs> I'm not, nobody's going to go all out for you, and they over here taking really good care of me, you know. Wow. Wow. I don't know. I mean, I think the, I think, do you think, and be honest, is who, lo- like, who loads something in the microwave? <laughs> <laughs> Calling everybody out. <laughs> that ain't me, bro. So look, so look, here's what we're going to do. Actually, we're going to take a quick break. I want to get uh, the profit back in. 
and then we're gonna resume this this conversation. One minute. Stay with me, people. And we're back. I appreciate everybody staying with me, man. Short little interlude, but we back. So we got questions, man. You got any questions, Terry? Do you have any questions for the listeners out there in regards to how they behave when they walk into a black establishment? Do you have any pointers? Do you have any suggestions for people when it comes to black business etiquette? Black business etiquette. I mean, for real. Like, we're <laughs> thinking about it, too. No, no <laughs> I, I'm really thinking act, about man. that. I know we. it's not that we don't know how to act. It's just that people going to act. It's like your kid. People, Your kid only going to act up as far as you let them act up. You get what I'm saying? But as far as, like, with black businesses, with – Especially, it started to sell proprietors in. Like, especially if he got a manager that he's trusting to, to run it how he expects he or she expects him he or she to run it. They gonna be the face of the business. So when that person, when that patron walks in the building, they're gonna act just the just as far. It's either gonna be on the good end or the bad end, and it all depends on what they see from the the, the employees in that business. If they see the employees walking over, say for instance, it's it's a a nasty something nasty on the floor. If the employees is walking over that, they gonna treat the business just like the employees treat the business. They gonna, pour, they gonna pour some extra sauce on that shit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know what else? You know what else? The problem though, I think that like when you when when black people got these businesses and they start to play favoritism. Oh, this is my homeboy, and it's so much a different favoritism. Like if you set a standard, but every day, like. Oh, these group of niggas could come in here and sweatpants and t-shirts. You know what I'm saying? Then it takes yeah. you whatever it is that you build it. You know what I'm saying? And and subconsciously, they don't even know that they're allowing somebody to disrespect their business. Mm. Mm. Sabrina, before I know you got I know the time is limited. Whatever say your, go ahead and say whatever you want to say on this on this subject or whatever anybody else said. Um, well, one thing I want, I kind of want to piggyback to the whole customer end of it. I feel like customers, they kind of got to understand that when you come into an establishment, especially like a bar or something like that, come in, have a good time, chill, unless somebody is really totally ignoring you or being rude to you or something like that, stop giving these people a hard time, you know, because they in there, they hustling, they, sometimes the music is loud, they they don't they gonna get to you, you know what I mean? And um, I was, for instance, I want to use this example real quick. I was in a restaurant, like a sports bar, the other night. It wasn't really busy. It wasn't busy in there at all. Matter of fact, it was about to close down. And there was about three of us at the bar. And then this other couple came in. The girl was helping out this other couple, taking their order and stuff, so her back was turned. But clearly she was working. Again, she wasn't on her phone. She wasn't, you know, lollygagging. So this, uh, the guy that came and sat down with the lady, he was just like, bartender. And we just kind of looking like, well, you see her over there, like, taking somebody's order. It's not like she's not, you know, present. And he's like, oh, you know, when you going to get to us, whatever. She kind of, like, looked around. And she was very pleasant and helpful, helpful to us. So we knew that she was a good, you know, worker. But her tone just totally changed when he came in and was just acting real ignorant towards her. So then she came over there, and he was like, um, so, so what, you, you, you don't like your job or something? You don't like it? Like, why are you bothering this woman? All she doing is, you know, she was servicing somebody else. She just ain't got to you yet. Just wait a minute, you know. So but I just think something. 
fighters there for two seconds just to piggyback off that, you could go back on it. I think that black people have a mental a mental thing with that. Like when they think they think it's service as disrespecting people. Exactly. Like yes. belittling people. It's like they want to talk to you all types of way, disrespect you, and then they want you to do it. Like come over there with a smile. No, that, yeah. I'm glad you said that because that is real facts right there. And, um, I mean, I, just, I don't get that. I don't understand the mindset behind treating people like crap. Well, we're just here to service you while you're having a good time. It's your time to come and chill. But where you're not entitled, you know what I mean? Because right. I'm the first type of person in a minute. If you give me a hard time, I won't, I won't come your way, period. So I guess, I guess I have the right not to be disrespected. Damn, so, absolutely. Yep, and that's real because do you think they got that same mentality when they go into these these other fortune these top companies? Other Terry, I'm be honest with you. I think they do that shit everywhere because you see motherfuckers like you ever been around motherfuckers that you go out with and every time they out they got a problem with the fucking service. No matter, no matter. That's real. Damn, nigga, like. And what what they fail to realize, see, another thing, it's like a status thing. They looking down on servers and stuff like we can't do anything more. But I will tell you, as a server, I have made more money than any job I've ever worked. And I'm talking about good professional jobs. And, and more than, more than you know, some people who have college degrees. It's a lot of money to be made in that industry. So if anything, people better upgrade to being a server. <laughs> Damn, he called it. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's fact. But that, that, that's, I think that that's that psychology of black people like to step on other people. Like, we like to oppress the people that, that we feel like is under us. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And it'd and it be mm -hmm. it's funny because you'll watch it and it'd just be like, man, it's like, why are you even talking to her like that? Okay. So, so, profit. And, that, and everybody, is that. Cause I can't help but think that that's just a cultural thing, man. That's, that's what I'm saying. I was about to say, I was there Friday. I'm not Friday. This was Applebee's maybe about three years ago, right? And it was this group. It was like, they, they was probably like in their mid-20s or whatever. Maybe it was four years. It was, a, it was a second ago. But these dudes and these chicks was disrespecting this white broad. So that had to be Man, why are y'all talking to this lady like respectful? And it's like nigga for no reason whatsoever. You know what I'm saying? All right, here. Let, let me clear. So I, I can't clear. say it's a cultural thing though. Let me tell you right this. Yeah, yeah hold on, it's, hold on, Terry. Hold on, Terry. Okay. Let me clarify my statement because I kind of sounded fucked up right here. <laughs> Cause I said it was cultural. But really, I think y'all know what I mean. It's not really cultural. Let me it's put how it like, they was raised. It's a difference between all right, we'll see some niggas at the bar be disrespectful before they're drunk. But we'll see usually when white folks get disrespectful, they already intoxicated when they order and they drink. You know what I'm saying? They're like, hey, bitch, let me get another one. But it's like when niggas come in the bar, they disrespectful just off jump, sobered in the bitch. Because I think disrespect comes with clout to these niggas. Yeah, and, and yeah, Terry, go ahead. Yeah, jump, jump on what you was about to say. Man, I just think it got a lot to do with their upbringing. Nobody's ever had a uh, when it comes to these like bars, nobody had a, ever a system of ownership with anything that they've had. You know what I mean? So they don't know how to treat things. You, you don't know how to treat something. You know, no, as far as like how they disrespectful and this and that, it's just how some people but, are. Man. But Terry, I, I think I really think that people. I don't even think got to do it. I bring. I just think that these niggas they think that 
the more like I believe that black people think the more rude or disrespectful you could be at a bar or out and get away with it, the cooler you are. Right. So, I think it's just, I think it's just insecurity. You know, you come in, you might have a little money to your name or something like that. So that's mm-hmm. a way to throw your power around, thinking you can that's, get that's, that, that's what I'm saying. So like, so like a nigga that ain't got no bread can't come in the bar and disrespect no disrespect the server. You know what I'm saying? Niggas like I, I she know she gonna say something to the match like this nigga said X Y Z blah 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 blah. He got bread. He ain't nobody, right? Somebody, somebody that got like a little bit of bread. It's like, all right, well, look, I man, like you know, he gonna try to play the little shit. So I think that's why niggas be flexing around like that, and that's why I think even like female females even do the shit. You know what I'm saying? It's like they'd go in their bar and they'd be like. Trying to dog the, the the bartender because it's like you ain't nothing, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's hey, that's real but though. You no, know, that's deep I, because that goes into a whole totally different discussion right there. That goes into because that's that's the problem right there. That ain't even got nothing to do with no more. That's just eating my knee Yeah, yeah, that's it is. <laughs> Switching the goddamn topic, goddamn nigga. This is that that does. He he did uh, hit on a key point though. People do flex their bread around, and it and it in some establishments it get them a long way. You know what I mean? What they is, go to so, play, they so, go places where they know they can get shit off on. So, you know what I mean? Let's say that. Wait a second, nigga. With your loud ass, this motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, man, I just. So look, let's stay there. Let's stay there for a second, Terry. Tell me, what is where do you feel like niggas that want to flex their bread can get that shit off? What type of establishments are there? Because we we talking a whole. I mean, bars. it's not even. You can't even. You can in anywhere where your money is, where you can flaunt your bread. Tell in. me, you can do that. I, I actually, strip I wanna, clubs. I really want strip know. clubs, bars, so nightclubs. Are there? Are there <laughs> It's, it's not. It's not nowhere where where money don't talk. It just depends on who it's talking to. Nigga, I'm asking. I'm asking a real question right here. I, I, no, well, he's. I, I, I get what you're saying though. Like in these in certain establishments, money and all money talk in a majority all right, of, all right, of time. Everybody, everybody, listen for a second. I want y'all to hear. <laughs> I really want y'all to hear my question because it's. It may be. It may be going over your heads. What what esta- <laughs> what establishments do niggas? Or black people, fuck niggas, because it, what I'm saying, because what, what I want to get at this, at, this is like black business conversation. And if y'all don't notice, most of our conversation is circular, circulated around bars. So, and where else do black businesses congregate? Where or, or where do black people congregate? Where you can flex your money around, or you don't need to flex your money around? Like where else do niggas go, or black people go, where they could just be? Normal motherfuckers. I really don't think, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think that we got places like that for people to like really like w- this. The place that we go to, to to like be quiet and have money is white establishment. Ooh, okay. And, and hold on, but the thing about that, L, it's a, it's it, it's it's one of the things that I get that I've been thinking about for a long time within the, the like black business. We only go into the same shit. We don't step outside the box and try to expand our business knowledge. There you go. We only go into these different. Only thing we think like there's nothing wrong with what we do. Like the the 
I mean, the, the bars and the and the beauty and the beauticians, that's a recession proof industry. No matter if you broke or you rich, you're gonna get you a drink or you're gonna get your hair done. Yes. It's a fact. It's re, it's recession proof. But there's other businesses that we I mean, we only flock. Like if you look right now, the top businesses on our IG feeds, you can look at them. There's bars, there's beauticians, there's trainers, there's and restaurants. All right, well let's let's you know pause. What I mean? We wanna say Sabrina. I know you got to go. I appreciate you checking in with the panel. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, we need you next week. Okay. All right. Let me know what the deal is. Let me know what the deal is. <laughs> Damn, we, oh, that's some old news. See y'all later. I'm out. Uh, Bye. Damn. With the, oh, hey, she old. We old. Nigga, she be saying jokers and shit. But not, but back on it, it's just we go into the same businesses though, bro. So it's not it's like how do we expand and get in these other businesses where people just can't do like you like 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 prophets say people flex their bread in certain in, in these establishments because they know they can get away with it though. You know what I mean? Because most people we need that bread when they when these when that when that money come in the door. It's like on it's like on Friday it's like on uh Players Club when Dollar Bill got the hit in that damn dollar. Business money. owners know money. that shit though. Yeah, it's money yeah. in the building. Money. It's money. money. And yeah, that's real. Yeah. Even though you shouldn't let that run your business, but you could be having a slow day. And you see this this bread coming in the door. You like, okay, we we might let some shit slide today that we normally wouldn't let some shit. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. we should and we shouldn't do that as but business owners. Ask me this though, right? And and just, and just tell me, as being as a, you know, as owning a lounge and for for many years, like, do you think like like the like from the time you started to like when when you parted ways, right, with it, right, right? Do you think like once you started to let shit slide, it, like things started to seem like they were slipping away more and more, little by little, and you not even really realize it? Hell yeah, it slips away once you let the first thing slide. It's it's a it's a domino effect. You know what I'm saying? Because right. now you just you done went away from your your original playbook. You done right. changed your hand, your whole playbook from that one play right there. Right. So now it's it's like now that same dude that you let slide with some jeans or a white t-shirt all that night. He's gonna do that all the time now mm. until you until you change the playbook again. You know what I'm saying? But. Yo, other clients didn't already seen that. Like, oh, he playing favoritism to this cat right here. Like, yeah. he told me last week I can't come in here. Now he letting this dude do it. And then, so now you, and then what happens is now it's like now they looking at like how he got in. So, oh, so he paid thirty forty to get in here. I'm paying thirty forty to get in here then. <laughs> and now you go back to that saying, not all money, good money. You know yeah. what I mean? Damn, that's deep. That's some real shit, man. That that domino effect is a beast because, like you say, you changed the play for the one dude, and that play to fuck around to be a touchdown. He might come in and pop all type of bottles. <laughs> yeah, but now it opened up the box to other people that's gonna do it. Now you're gonna attract that same type of crowd, even though your sign on your door say no white tees, no jogging pants. You know what I'm saying? Like we gotta stick to our, no matter if it's the bars, the beauty shops, or whatever it is, we got to stick to our game plan. You know what I mean? And that's where our our etiquette, the business etiquette, come into play. Now, what? Is, now, Terry, I got a question, and this is like I want I want to. 
for cops, like as a consumer, right? Like, and if when people come, to, like when people come in the establishment, like what was what was important? What would you say was an important thought that you wanted to leave with? Say that again. I think my phone. I I miss something. I said. Yeah. I said. What, what was an important thought that you wanted them to leave with, or like a standard that you wanted them to leave with when they left your establishment? First, my the impression that they got from me and my and my staff was okay. always key because that's it's it's first impression is a must. They the first per, person you see, whether it be the security guard at the door or it's the first bartender that they see, or it's, you know most people, most women. Honestly, when they come into an establishment, guess where they go first? The bathroom. The bathroom. So if your my it's like a house. If my kitchen and my bathroom dirty, oh, this is what what the rest of the place look like. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. So so that's how I always try to play it. Like I always look at it like, okay, on my end, on where I'm from, I always looked at it like, okay, that treat it like I'm the other person on the side of the table. You know what I'm saying? That's how, I, and that's where one thing I wanted to trickle down to my staff: treat, your, act like you serving yourself. That was my whole thing: act like you serving yourself. That's what, that's. I think that's a. I think that's a very good theory, man. Because you know, like I think that the money, the money is gonna happen, and that's what I think. That's where I think that a lot of the clubs in Cleveland, the black clubs in Cleveland, fail is because they conform so fast because the money becomes it's slow at first. Because they got these these stipulations, but if you mm-hmm. if you create an environment, the money is going to start to come because people know they could come have a good, safe time and have a good interaction with people. But when you turn your bartenders to be one way, and then you bring a different type of energy in there, it's a it's a recipe to fail for real. Yeah, I agree with that though. That's totally the truth. That's why these new bars, it's, it's a couple new spots out there that they stick into their script. They stick into what they say they're going to do. And that's hey, how they're going it's, it's, um, to. So let's, let's think. Let's think. I can, I can maybe recall a handful of establishments that was blessed enough to stay or lucky enough to stay open for, you know, five plus years. You know what I'm saying? If you got a bar, man, really, that's open. I mean, five years is not that long. It kind of fly by. That's the rule. That's the rule. If you you make it past five years, you win the game. That's real. That's how I go. (laughs) Man, do y'all remember? um, Oh, oh, man. It just slipped my mind. It just slipped my mind. The The Mirage. Right, the Mirage. There you go. That's that's a perfect one. I think... I think, that, I think that whole era was the was the last of the sustainables. For real. You say who? That whole era, like the Mirage, the Spa Bar, you know, those was like the ones that really like they really cut that, that gray line real close. But not the Mirage. If if like unless that nigga died and don't even want to put his name on his heel for real, they don't want to open that bitch up. Mm-hmm. Because why? What happened? Because it was so much bullshit down there. Because he, he he changed his playbook. Changed his playbook. Now you know somebody. This this is somebody that like, and he and I would say I ain't gonna say he played both sides, but he's not black. But all of his establishments to me are primarily black. So that they stay seemingly to the same playbook. 
is um is like bodega, like bodega uptown grill. Like oh, I just I just remember uh Gibbs. Y'all remember Gibbs? That wasn't up long. Yes, it was. Was they it? Part, they was on uh South Taylor for a minute before they moved up to Seventh. Yeah, Are you right. But see, but see, like even but, but that's another thing, right? Like, like another problem is that you can't. Every business is meant to expand. That's what I'm saying, though. So that's that. That I like that because I'm like I like that you said that because it goes back. It kind of bring everything full circle. Is sticking to your guns, knowing who your audience is, who you serve, and then it comes to a point where you 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 having all this success, right? Your business plan is working. No matter how thought out into the future you may have gone, you might have only had a, a, a five-year business plan. Now you, you're looking at pushing on 10 years. You're like, damn, what should we do next? You're looking at the next move, but you're not really prepared for it. And now you, But you see the dollar signs of how much money that could bring, that, that next potential move. So the reason I brought up Gibbs is because the whole time they was on South Taylor, they stuck to their guns. The audience was mature. It was no riff rap. I mean, it was live jazz. I mean, it was to the point where I went in there for my uh, like my 25th birthday. I went in there like with my family. We just had a good time sipping drinks, line dancing. But when they moved, when they moved to a bigger establishment, like Terry said, that I like that line, man. They they changed the play. they playbook. They changed their playbook. Yeah, they changed the playbook. But, but, but the, it wasn't their playbook. I, I'm, I'm not not to step on your toes. I don't think it's the playbook. It's the money that they they overhead changed, right? So they was in that small establishment. They could afford to do that. They wasn't paying a lot for it. That's what I said. Mm-hmm. That's that's my whole point. They're looking at the the dollars. What the ne- what the dollars can bring their next move. But they're not sticking to their guns. Right. Not when they that wasn't that wasn't dudes in there with white tees. They got the you know what you I'm know, saying. It's a whole you know why? Life. Because what they was you the, the the plays that they was used to running was working for them. They were scoring touchdowns. Their eyes got a little bit more bigger. Like okay, let's go try something else. And what they tried to do, their playbook wasn't meant for that game. Right. Wasn't meant for it. So you get what I'm saying? They stepped outside their box. You know, you know, you know got a serious long game in the middle of the ghetto in Cleveland? Pause. <laughs> I'm a, it, I got one that ain't even in, it's, it's in the suburb, but go ahead. I want who you talk about. Tuckers. Oh, hell yeah. Now, that is, that's amazing. Now, the reason why and the reason why I believe is because he really he, he, Young motherfuckers don't really want to be in there, and if you do come in there, it's a place where the, his audience can go, have drinks, play cards, eat food, take back. Yeah, I was uh, I was surprised the uh, the cocktail was like that for a while. They shut that down though. It's closed. No, it's it's reopened. It's just a different different name. Yeah, but you know who else got longevity in the game like that too? Bro, Milton's. Man. Milton's out in Euclid. Yeah, yeah. But well, I, was very, I was very surprised after after the you know that shooting happened. I was very surprised they was able to to get it back going the way that they did. Yeah, he weathered that storm. Yeah, that's he, he weathered that storm and he stuck to his script. The the reality is is that 
if you open up a, any type of night a night establishment, you're going to have to weather a storm, no matter what type of crowd you bring in, what type of script you, you stick to. There's going to be some type of storm you're going to have to weather when it comes to that liquor license and some bullshit that happened. But mm. it's, a gotta, it's a difference between it's a difference between a motherfucker two incidents, two, two major incidents what the what the hell is this dude? Hey, yeah, his phone, dude. No, what what are you doing, man? Can't nobody hear you? I'm not doing anything. It's all type of like you bag, like you open a bag of Doritos. <laughs> That's what you eat, man. Man, that ain't me. <laughs> man, I get Hey, summarize that thought because we ain't hear shit. All I'm saying is, is that the difference about the shit is, is that, like, you go have to weather some type of storm when you open up an establishment. But it's a difference between somebody that welcomes that energy and they have to weather that storm every other week. The police getting called to your establishment because of this. It was a fight that broke out. Somebody, something happened. It's, this is like an occurrence versus a, versus a habit. Oh, okay. Well, here's here's my here's another question because. You bring up a good point, and uh, like Terry said about Milton's weathering the storm, he did a, in my opinion, he did a great job of weathering the storm because he expanded that patio area. It's super nice, but I think he also Terry made good points because he was in this business. That's why I'm I'm entertained by this conversation. Just listening, I'm like, damn, this is good. <laughs> but look, Terry said that he stuck to his guns, so even when he reopened. He stuck to his guns, and I'm sure there was a point where he had to uh, reassure the the city of what his plan was going forward. So here's my question to y'all. I want y'all to kind of expound on this thought is just an overall whole with black businesses. How can well, like there has to be a point where black people can reassure their consumers that they are trustworthy and they worth uh, repeat uh, customers. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, y'all know what I mean? And that's messed up, though. Like, the expectations is so high for black businesses, especially from us black people. And that's the messed up part about it. Like, I'm going to try this out the first time. But, Terry, do you think that's because and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm speaking as a consumer, you know what I'm saying? Um, do you think that's because and I spent I spent plenty of money in your bar, you know what I'm saying, at plenty of different times. But I'm saying, do you think that we care about that or people care about that? Because if I'm going to frequent this place and I want to be here, I got to know, like, that my 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 well being is is first, and I'm going to get that service. You know, like people I are agree. People I agree with you. I I believe in uniformity, right? Like if you go if you go to any like when, when you think about the it's like the McDonald's effect you know what I'm saying McDonald's is the, the originator of that of that whole uniform this is what this means look like this is what you get anywhere you go to a McDonald's hey so, that movie that movie was good by the way too and when you think about it is that you like that's that I think that's where our black businesses lack and that's where you got to reassure that any day of the week you come here you gonna get that. Same gotta be here on just jazz night because i might no, 
I ain't never been able to make it jazz night, but me and the old lady want to get out for for a nice hip hop night. I don't want to have to worry about dying in the same time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Two days prior. You feel what I'm saying? That's totally, I totally agree with that, though. That's the same thing. I think we had touched on that earlier as far as like the McDonald's effect where it should be the same across the board no matter who there. Right. Whether right. it be Tammy serving your drinks or it be Jessica serving your drinks or or whoever, whatever cook is in the back. It's it's a level of uniformity that should be uh, should be there. But when I say we got this these high expectations on our head, is because of everybody just from the previous experience you may have had at another black business. You carry that you carry that same mentality. It's kind of like the the battered woman or the battered man syndrome. You know what I mean? When he come, he he coming out of a relationship, he gonna take that experience that bad experience into his next relationship. Where it should be a case by case scenario, especially if it's your first time patronizing that business. You know what I mean? I think we all go into it sometimes when these new businesses open up. We all go in here with these high expectations based upon previous experiences. And that's where I was trying to get at it at from that point. But is that unfair? You say, is that unfair? Yeah, I think it's unfair because you we don't go into these, think about it like this though. We don't go, say for you went somewhere new, a new restaurant. Do you go into the new restaurant with that same Hell mentality yeah. Yeah. across the board in every business? In everybody's business? If I go to a place that's supposed to be on the same level as, as Ruth Chris, I'm going to expect the same service or better. Yeah. I, true. I think, I, I think just coming from a, a, from a black sole proprietor it's it's a different expectation from our people versus going to another stat, a, a non-black now, establishment now, do you know what I think the biggest the biggest the biggest problem is with black businesses right is that they they get they don't like to correct their mistakes Hold on, they don't like they don't like to correct their mistakes so you know the, the, what what people love is is the like the like the customer service aspect like we talk right. So if my food messed up or is cold, like I don't need somebody to be rude to me because the food was cold when they served it to me. Well, look, I would disagree True. With that because I would think I would say that in general, what you're saying is not a reflection of the black business. That's a reflection of that individual that's serving you. Right. But, right. Like, what he's he trying to say is they the owner's not correcting that mistake. Right. Like, if, you if, you, if you, like, if you at, at so many, like, at other establishments, like, if so, if you complaining, it's like the, the, the cook, the cook, or whoever running the joint, they come to you like, my apologies, this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. The owner at some of the these establishments, they're like doing whatever you want, but they don't even come over and say anything like, oh, let me get you a drink or anything like that. That's what makes people want to spend money. You know so what I'm saying? Tell me, what do you what do you think that that where do you think that comes from? Like what's that all about? I think it's a I think for I think a lot of it has to do with like pride. Like with I think that we as business owners and everything, like we we so used to not having shit that we we take everything personal. Bingo. Self. Remember we talked. To, I, I touched on that. 
a sense of ownership. We ain't never owned shit before. So when it comes down to it, we hold everything as a grudge or, oh, they don't know what they talking about. That's being real. And that's why when, when you said what was my, what thoughts did I want to leave with the customer is that this owner really cared about his service and his business. But that's where I want. So when a customer was complaining to me about something, hey, give him another one. Matter of fact, here, I, you want you need a drink? You want something else? Here, we got an upcoming event coming up this week. Come check this out. It's all in the ways of how you rectify that situation and make it better for them. That way they can come back and just try to get a better experience. Man, man, that's key. That's big time right there. Major, major big facts, man. God damn. So that's that's how I boil down. But I mean, it's it's. But at the end of the day, man, like when it comes to these black businesses, one thing I do say. We do need to step outside the box and what we're trying to do. Like we are, we've been in the same businesses for X amount of time and X amount of years. And when are we be, when are we gonna get back to becoming the manufacturers of our shit? Because we, if you ain't manufacturing shit, you really ain't doing shit. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, you know, one one thing, Terry, that that you know, to piggyback off of that, I really feel like that, like people, they craft. So they, they what they they like a lot of them like a lot of people they don't they don't look to master their craft a lot of who you are if you're popular enough then you get this amount of clientele you know whether you're a barber whether you're a hairstylist whether you're a tattoo artist whatever it is so you got you got you don't really take that time to master that craft. You know what I'm saying? And the way you craft, it's not just actually, you know, it's not just actually knowing the um, like how to do what it is that you do. Like I sell, like I sell, I sell insurance for a living in life, right? It's not just me sitting on the phone talking to people. Mastering my craft is understanding people. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Foremost. Like so. That it's a step by step process, and people take about that step by step process just to the end game. Like, well, I'm the best tattoo. I'm trying to, like, what? Mm-hmm. That doesn't even make any sense. I got the, yeah. I got the hottest club in the city. I got the hottest club in the city. I don't care if you don't want to put on no boots. Why won't you try to figure out why you don't want to put on no boots? Tell him why you he needs to be there. Uh, all right, man. Here, here you going? You you getting very passionate? Cutting out? No, I'm, I'm saying in general, like in mastering your craft, you have to master the art of people, and that's oh, keep it your hey, master here. Take a breath, man. Take a deep breath, man. You cutting out, man? We can't hear shit. All right. It sound like it, it, it sound like you fading in and out on on certain points. Hey, he, listen, t- listen, T. This nigga does this, man, all the time. Every time, <laughs> here we go, man. Every time this nigga get heavy pause and hot pause, this nigga be going, man. Pausing a lot lately. Hey, this is you. This is the energy you give him, man. You just really, really need to like take a breath. Man. No, but I, I understand what he's saying as far as like perfecting your craft. No matter, I don't care if you a dump, a, a trash man. You want to be the best damn trash man you are on there. You know what I mean? So it's it's kind of like the LeBron James thing. You bring it up. He's perfected his craft. You know what I mean? He studies. He's a student of his game. 
he wants to become the greatest ever. And what he does, he studies and he sees, okay, this is how the game is changing. How can I evolve this, evolve my game to stay on this level with this next group coming in? You get what I'm saying? What, so, what's, what's some things called, Terry, where all the, bars, all the bars meet up together? What's it called again? The round robin or whatever? Uh, they used to do the circles, but most of them meet up at the uh, – they be having these little drink tastings and all that stuff. But like that. but but it don't be there to go to figure out like if it, if he making a hundred thousand a month, why am I not making a hundred thousand a month? It just be there to be like we there, we having a good time. Man, and you just patronizing another. Right. You, it's a circle. You just patronize, but ain't no game being exchanged. Right. We ain't trying to exchange no game because if I'm making that hundred thousand over here, I ain't gonna tell you how to make it. Right. if we're in the same game. You know what I mean? You got to figure that out. You know what I mean? So, and it, it's just that mentality that we have in, the, in these businesses that we go into, which circles back to my, like, what, as a black business person, black entrepreneur, what can we do outside of our normal box to expand our business? Like, so, what, so, what, so, what, so what are you, so what are you moving into then? If you don't mind dropping I mean, right now, what I do right now, I do, uh, I'm a registered investment advisor. I mean, I've always had a knack for numbers. Like, I like to gamble on sports. So I took that that aspect of me betting on games to betting on companies. So, and when I go and I go out and I talk to my, my clients, me first, I like to, I, I want to work with my black community first. So mm-hmm. that's where I go first to assist. For one, it's some things I know. Black people don't like other black people knowing about their money. Which is weird, like you. But you would rather go deal with somebody else that don't look like you. You know what I mean? Even though they might not give you the same game, I'm gonna give you. You know what I mean? So where it comes, where there's not a lot of blacks in this in the financial industry. When you look at our the totem pole of the financial world, it's old white man, old white man. You know, old white man. That comes from that comes from them just historically being the figures that are that are placed. In financial positions of, of authority, you know what I mean? It's like, that, but, 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 but think about it like this though. Some, some of that's true, but then the other aspects of it is when you taught all your life, only thing you can be is an entertainer. That's what you're gonna go into, right? Like, if, if we was in college, if we was in kindergarten, we was learning about Massa Musa and Hannibal Barker and all in Black Wall Street, we would have a different mindset too growing up, right? You get what I'm saying? Like, only thing we get taught is we're going to be, like right now, if you look for Black History Month, who are the only people that you see on Black History Month? Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks. They even got Michael Jordan and LeBron James that you could be. Like, this is what, this is the only thing that you can be. Yeah, it's, it's, Black History Month is, is really, really, truly watered down, like, to its lowest level at this point. But that's where I, I find myself right now in the financial industry. industry. And it's kind of, I can't say it's a, it's a, I like challenges, you know what I mean? But I find myself right now becoming more of an educator on it. Like I educate a lot of people on stocks and how to invest money. I wish I'd have learned this years ago, you know what I mean? Because it probably would have benefited the businesses a little bit better than I ventured into. But everything about timing, you get what I'm saying? It's all a process. It's all a process. And like I said, you in insurance though, right? Yeah. I did. I did. Cap, I did capital management and sold mortgages pretty much my whole life. Like you know, like the the, the but that absolutely right. I think the hardest thing is to get 
black people want to spend money on something that they don't understand about. Right. You know where I focus at right now? I focus on the kids, man. I'm trying to get these financial curriculums established for kids so they can understand how to become an entrepreneur at early age because at the end they they gonna be buyers and sellers all their life. Why not become the seller? You know what I mean? That's, at early age. It, that's where it counts, man. It's getting in the younger generation's ear why they impressionable, why they still looking up to you for information. You know what I mean? When you can that's walk right. in and still and, and, and have their attention, that's when you gotta really kick them. I would say real true game, like the game that you wouldn't normally get in school, the game that, you know what I'm saying, actually, we just we just knowing it now because the older generation wasn't really getting a lot of this either. Exactly. And that's, it's a, we cycle changers. I know we kind of like bouncing around the subject of black business, but it always start with how we was up, how we was taught, how we was brought up. It's and funny. that's it's funny. that's how you. Just real quick, I want to tell you because, like, and then I want you to finish your thought. It's, it's funny because I was just talking to my daughter and my son when we was driving in the car because we be, I keep talking about everything. And I was telling them, like, look, it's the reason why y'all kids are so smart. Y'all smarter than we was. Y'all are more advanced because it's a new world. It's literally a new world, new type of generation, and it's new information. Just all at their fingertips. Go ahead. And No, and I'm going to piggyback on what you're talking about because – Think about who our teachers were and what our teachers were doing. You know what I mean? When I say our teachers, I mean our parents, our grandparents. Look at what they were doing. Now look at the area that we're growing up in and we're the teachers. So we're in this age of awakening and we have this abundance of information. Like I wish I'd have had Instagram or Facebook when I was in high school. Could you imagine that we was at Roxborough? We had that, bro. <laughs> Could you imagine that? No. You know what I'm saying? None. <laughs> We probably wouldn't even have graduated knowing us, but you know. But, but, but you know, the, the, like, like the craziest part about all of this technology is that the amount of people you can really touch for real. Like, yeah. and, and, and we were we were so caught up in really maybe a three mile radius that as a twelve year old you could really know somebody from. And have and, and like really be talking to them. Okay, now we now we really onto it. Now that goes back into the different businesses that we could be tapping into. You know what my son does? He gets on YouTube and he watches other people play video games. And I'm like, why the fuck are you doing this? My son, why don't, it too. Why don't you make your own YouTube station and make people watch you play the video game? You get what I'm saying? Like, it's different. It's just the the times is changing the way that the way our businesses are going. So why not tap into different ways of business instead of our traditional? I mean, we always be in these service industries. I'm not saying nothing is wrong with it. Somebody's always gonna need something, but this it's a bigger picture. It's some it's bigger. Is we stay in this little pod. You know what I'm saying? The, the reason why we don't venture out is because our brains have been trained for so long and black it's a black, and that's and like we're definitely getting all the way out of the way but black people are trained to stay in a box right anything that you do any, like our thought is, is that if you go too far off of this cliff then they're gonna they're gonna yoke you and hang you somewhere along that cliff you know what i'm saying so we we stay within our realm you know like a black dude he he don't want to be the president of the company because He's scared of what they go say to him or how they go treat him. 
So like we're good with being the worker. Like we like they've created us just to merely be worker bees. Yeah, we we getting we getting off the top. Let's bring it back. <laughs> Let's bring it back. But look, I do want to bring it back to a relative point because we were talking about like the technology and and how we could simply reach out and touch somebody on the other other side of the world just with the internet and with just everything that's available. So truthfully, I think it's more important that we focus on I like and that's why I like what, what Terry's talking about how he's reaching the younger generation, why they're still impressionable, why they got why he got the attention. And he's making that a point because we need to make sure that black businesses have good representation to the world, if y'all feel me. So we need to make sure that more of us is coming up that represent positive, strong, customer-oriented, you know what I'm saying, passionate, focused business owners. So man, that's 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 another part about the J-Mass show, man. We're going to get some business owners on here. We're going to get some more of this shit going, too. That's real, though. Expanding our business ideas and our business mind. I mean, because like you said, they they are in touch with so many people, man. So, so many. many people, and it's all about the perception, man. So if you if we put out the right perception, people are gonna come from all over the world. Like people travel now, so they gonna be on Instagram. And they could be like, oh, I was in Cleveland and I saw this on Instagram. Let me go here. This black business, you know what I mean? Just based on what other people's perceptions are of it, right. you know what I mean? So we so, just um, we just gonna get our examples uplifted a little bit. We just gonna we just gonna elevate everybody. Just gonna step their game up. They watching us, man. Everybody watches. The little ones watching us. Most importantly, man, we got to get them examples, man. Positive black businesses, good etiquette. Can't be so so crazy with your kids watching. You know what I'm saying, man? That's wild. <laughs> It don't make you a boss to be able to talk to people crazy, man. That doesn't make you a boss. Not at all. And then that's just, that's, yeah. So, look, we're going to wrap up this show, man. This has been entertaining, man. I swear, I've been sitting back listening to this one like, man, this is good. I can't wait. People, I hope you all like this one. But uh, Hey, it was a pleasure, bro. Yeah. It was a pleasure. Tonight, man. appreciate you. Profit. Love always, Terry. Again, we gonna do it again because um, this was good. I like the little interaction. I like the little interaction, man. You gonna be on standby, homeboy. Man, I'm always. You know, I'm willing to give up some game, bro. Hey, it's always. Good. Hey, we out though. J Mass show. Tune in next week. Show fourteen. My lace front life part two. Yes, I said it. It's going down. <laughs> Got another panel. <laughs> hey, listen, you ain't gonna be able to put the cuffs on me next week, nigga. I'm just letting you know that now. Oh, Lord, just make make sure your microphone is right, nigga. God damn it, we out, man. <laughs>